Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 180. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's Eric Cacciatore, and we're about to get started. But before we do, we need to thank our sponsors. Today's sponsor, On Deck, with over $2 billion in loans delivered to date and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, On Deck is changing the way that small businesses get financing. To explore the small business loan options that On Deck offers, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash session 180 to find the On Deck links and get started. Now, enjoy today's show. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Ben Felicia. Ben, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am so unstoppable, dude. Awesome. I cannot wait to get your story. So, Felicio has been managing restaurants in the Philadelphia area ever since the late 90s. And in 1999, Felicio began his decade-long tenure managing the well-known Rose Tattoo Cafe. His excellent work caught the eye of the Vetri family of restaurants. And in 2009, Felicio joined the family as general manager. And in 2012, Felicio joined Kevin Spraga and it's been magic ever since. Today, Fletcher serves as Director of Operations of Spraga Dining Group, uh, which consists of Spraga, Fat Ham, and the forthcoming Spraga & Company. Under Fletcher's uh, guidance, Spraga Dining earned Esquire Best New Restaurant in 2012, Philadelphia Magazine 2013 list of the 50 best restaurants, and lastly... Fletcher earned the title of Best Philly General Manager in Philadelphia Magazine 2014. And that is an awesome track record. Cannot wait to dive into your mind and what advice you have for us so we can have similar levels of success. But before we dive into your mind, I want to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? All right. I I, I think what I have for you today is, is something that, Actually, Kevin Spraga taught me. He tells us, he, he says this often, and now I say it often, and that mantra is stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. So what does that mean? Like, what is it that that mantra is supposed to communicate to you? Well, you know, we, we hire a team, and we hire each person to do very specific things. Mm-hmm. And we... We hire them because they are the best at it, mm-hmm. and we, we want them to continue being the best at it. So, if you are the best PR person, stay in your lane. Do that. You know, stay focused. Stay doing what you're doing. You know, I'm great with hospitality. You know, I'm not the best numbers guy. You know, I have to do a little bit of everything, but you know, I, I try to stay in my lane. Kevin has this passion for cooking, and you know, he's also a great restaurant tour. But, you know, we, we, we find what we're really good at, we focus on that, and if everybody stays in their lane, it, it, it makes for a successful group. 
Awesome. I love it. And so many things were coming to my mind when you were talking and the things that you were saying. Um, first of all, does, did Kevin play football? He did. He played. Uh, <laughs> because that's uh, something that I remember uh, 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 briefly in high school. So stay in your lane is something that I was taught in football. When you're on a kick return or kickoff, uh, you want to stay in your lane because if you get out of your lane, that's a hole that the returner can just bust through. I wonder if that's where he got that saying from. Huh. Uh, you know what? I'll have to ask him. <laughs> but there's just uh, there's so much. It also reminded me of uh, good to great, getting the right people on the bus, but not only in the right bus, but in the right seats. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what I, I think is supposed to be meant from that is you need to leverage the strengths of your people and put them in the right seat of the bus to get the job done. And that's great advice and a great way to get this interview going. So thank you for that. Um, so I need to ask you if you could just sum up in one sentence what your why is like. What is it that drives you? What's your passion? What's your purpose in this industry? You know, it, again, we're going back to math, and I'm not great at it. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. But, but uh, you know, I have like this forty forty twenty philosophy where you know forty percent of your life you're working, so you have to love what you do. Mm-hmm. You know. 30% of, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it. 40, 30, 30. Let me change. 40, but, uh, 30, 30. Got it. 40, 30, 30. You know, 30% of your life is sleeping, so sleep in a really expensive bed. <laughs> and uh, 30% of your life, you get to do whatever you want, so you just make the most of it. But, you know, that big, biggest chunk of time is is your career. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you have to you have to love it. And if you don't love it, get out mm-hmm. so what is it that you love like why do you love it so much what aspect of the industry just draws you into it you know it's it for me it's it's making people happy mm-hmm. for me it's creating moments um you know c- connecting connecting people together um you know is something that really drives me but you know the the individual interaction that I have with my guests seven days a week. To me, what what makes it really special is guests come in. They give you first of all, there's you know so many places to go eat, not just in Philadelphia, but all over. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they are giving you ninety minutes of their time, and I take that really seriously. Exactly. You know I. Um, you know, because it's such a precious commodity. You know, if somebody comes in and has like a bad meal or something terrible happens, you know, you can give them a gift card or you can give them their money back. Or, you know, you, you can do stuff to make it right. Mm-hmm. But the one thing you can't do is ever give somebody their time back. No. So I, I, I you know, that, that I, I hold that so precious that they, that, that guests come in and give that to us. And, you know, I just try to do the best with it. Awesome. And, uh, and, I, and I try to instill that, you know, in, in my staff as well, but both front of the house and the back of the house, you know. I mean, we are so honored when, when people come in. I'm, you know, that's – and I'm not just saying that. Like, we, we all feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the, the worst thing is going into, you know, restaurants and you have, you know, there, there's condescending servers or people – you know, it's almost, you know, it's, you know, you don't even feel good about going into the place. You know, when, when you walk into, when you walk into a place, you just want to feel warm and you want to feel welcome. That is hospitality, my friend. That's hospitality. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, and, and it's, it, and it's, it has to be genuine. You can't mm-hmm. fake it, oh. you know, which is really tough. So, 
you know, listen, I know you're a student. I know you're trying to get an order, but it has to be genuine and it can't be taught. So, so hospitality, you can, you can learn a lot of things, but you know, you, you're talking about the it, you either have that or you don't have that. We haven't got the it yet. We're about to start diving into it. You're going to list it out first, but already <laughs> I'm starting to, to see a theme to this episode with the emphasis on time. I mean, like you said, 40, 30, 30, there's almost so much time in your life to do what you can do, to so do what you love. And there's only so much time you have to, you know, people are giving their much value time to you. So treat it with respect and i love that this theme we're, we're getting into so with that said let's dive into your if factors if you can just bullet them off one two three what however many you have just throw your it factors what you think makes you successful your habits your characteristics yeah uh, again I'm, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit but the it factor for me is is just being genuine mm-hmm. you know so it, it really is, and and you know, and I hire for that too. You know, I I have to make sure that the people I surround myself, you know, we, we work anywhere from sixty to a hundred hours a week. Mm-hmm. You know, so the people that you surround yourself have have to be like minded. Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to care about the, the experience that you're creating for the guests. You know, you, you can't fake it. You can't phone it in. You know, from from everybody involved, everybody has to has to be on board 100 percent. So what I have written down right now, Ben, is you're genuine and uh, you just are an experienced creator. You love to create those lasting experiences. Are there there, are there any other it factors you want to share with us? Yeah. I mean, another I I was, uh, you know, I was I was taught how to. Be a very good observer, um, you know, and it, it it has helped me. Um, you know, one of my one of my mentors taught me this, and he taught it to me painfully. Um, you know, but I I observe everything that goes on in a restaurant. You know, from from the time I walk in the door, you know, I I, I can see the entire restaurant. You know, in in. 15 seconds and I can I know where everybody is I know what everybody's mood is and uh, it's a blessing and a curse it's it's great at my own restaurants when I go in and look around and I know what's going on not so much when I'm trying to have a nice dinner someplace else and I uh, you know you're driving a few hundred bucks and all I can do is look around and mm-hmm. you know see what's going on but um, you always have to know what's going on Absolutely. all the time all I the time it. great stuff so what I have is genuine that ability to create amazing experiences uh and you're just a listener and observer and it really reminds me of the, the one of those seven habits from seven habits of highly effective people first seek to understand then seek to be understood and i think if you take that approach of just looking at a situation to understand it you can be so much more effective as a leader as a manager so awesome stuff worth taking away so take us through an experience where uh, or a story where one of these it factors really shone through whether it was your genuine side your the ability to create those experiences or just a time where you listened and that really helped you can you take us to a moment ben where that really just shone through sure i'd like to tell you about you know how how i learned to how i learned to notice everything in Mm -hmm. in restaurants you know because i was you know, again, you, you either have hospitality or you don't have hospitality. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it's it's all those other things that that 
you know, make you a better manager, that make you a better server, that make you a better bartender, that, you know, it's all these other things that go on. And um, when I started, um, when I started working for uh, the Vetri family, um, one of my mentors was Jeff Benjamin, who is uh, Mark Vetri's business partner. And a past guest on the show. Awesome. Uh, he, he's great. <laughs> and, um, he has a book out last year, uh, Fun of the House, which is an awesome book. I recommend. Um, but I remember, I remember working for him, and it was uh, when I had first opened Amis uh, for those guys. And uh, you know, he came in on a Saturday night, and he said, um, "You know, you know, where's Mister Smith?" And I said, uh, "I don't know." Mm. And. Uh, you know, all of a sudden I was like, you know, I, I should know where Mr. Smith is. This, you know, this restaurant's only 90 seats, you know. So, you know, next next week he comes in on another busy Saturday night. He says, you know, oh, where's Mr. Jones? And I was ready. You know, I said, <laughs> I said, Mr. Jones is at table 12. He said, what course is he on? I said, I, I don't know. Um so I was, you know, I was, shit. So then the third week he comes in, you know, he says, where's Stan? I said, you know, he's, uh, he's at table 31. He's with his wife. Um, they're on their uh, second course. I said, what type of wine are they drinking? Are they drinking the Italian wine or the Australian wine? I didn't know. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that's when it hit me that, I had to know everything, and the only way to know everything is is by walking around the room and paying attention to everything that's going on. And you know, I get I, you know, I get upset with my servers sometimes because you know they'll have a five or six or seven table station, and I'll ask them, you know, what's going on with one of their tables, and they don't know right away, mm-hmm. you know. And and I'm thinking back to what JB told me, and you know. He said, these guys have, you know, these guys have a station, you have the whole restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to know everything that they know, plus everything that all of their, you know, all, everybody else knows in there, too. You know, so that just really got me, that really got me noticing what's going on. And then, and Mark Vetri, uh, his partner, he had a, he had a rule, you know, a spoken, unspoken rule, whatnot. You know, he said, if you're not telling some somebody something to do every five minutes, then you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. And you know, at a at a at a big place like Osteria that you know is six seven thousand square feet, that's very easy. As you get into smaller places, uh, it gets tougher. And then when you're working with such a high level. Um, Staff like I do at uh, at Scraga right now, who are all career professionals, you know they just they just they kill it every single night. That's when you really have to start paying attention because in my head I'm always thinking I need to tell somebody to do something, so I just have to keep looking harder and harder and harder until all of a sudden it becomes almost a perfectionist thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, now I have to wait 10 minutes or sometimes I have to wait 15 minutes. You know, it is not the worst thing in the world. You know, JB used to come in and said, you know, the best night of my life would be to come in this restaurant, 
walk around the dining room, not have to pick up one thing off the floor, not have to pick up, uh, not have to fold somebody's napkin or fill a water glass. And he said, then I, I know I would be successful, you know, as a restaurateur and that I knew that I was running a successful restaurant. And, um, you know, at this point, I, I completely agree with him. However, I must say that, you know, if you would get up from a table and use the restroom, there is no better napkin folder than me. <laughs> I mean, I have such a style doing it. It's my favorite thing the, to do. The, and it's my favorite thing to do in this whole business. <laughs> did you do the spin move? Is that how you guys do it over no, there? I, I do it. I, I, it's just a beautiful, fluid mo- uh, movement. <laughs> I look a little bit aloof, and I look out the, towards the northwest every time. It's, it's just, I mean, so it's, a, it's a goddamn, it's a goddamn thing of beauty. Sounds like it, man. Uh, one thing I have to ask you, one thing that I think we could all just benefit from is how did you keep track of it all? Because you said, like, you gave, you gave the example of, you know, where is Mr. Smith sitting or where is Mr. Jones? What's he eating? Like, do you keep that all in your head or do you have a system that you use to manage it? I keep it all in my head, but wow. you know, it, it wasn't all—it wasn't always that way. I mean, I—I I, I started this business many, many moons ago, um, an embarrassingly long time ago, and it was before Open Table, and it was before any type of resource, mm-hmm. and um, and I wasn't that great with remembering names, and um, you know, I would always—I would keep a, you know, a little. Okay, I think it was before even moleskin books. Like, so I kept like a little, a little book in my, um, in my uh, jacket at all times. And when I would meet somebody, you know, I would immediately write their name down. And then as I learned more about them, I would write their wife's name down. That's awesome. And I would say, you know, looks like George Costanza, you know, talking about his wife, of course. Um, <laughs> You know, I would find out what their, you know, what their pet's name were and then what their, what type of wine they like or, you know, but it was always done by hand. And I found out after doing this for a few years, all of a sudden I didn't need to write it down anymore. (laughs) So all of a sudden it just started. Yeah. Because I, because I did this action over and over again for so many years, um, you know, I kind of trained myself just to, just to learn. Awesome. Great stuff. And I have some more questions. I think we're going to come back to this later in the interview because there's some good opportunities then to discuss the questions I have. So we'll save it. So right now, I just want you to uh, share a failure with us, Ben. A time you just fell hard on your backside with the failure. Tell us how you got back up and what you learned from that failure. And I'm curious. Well, I, I mean, this could be a whole another episode. <laughs> I mean, this could be a series of episodes. <laughs> this could be, dude. This could be a whole other podcast, just starring me and you. Well, hey, man, if you ever want to come back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely had my it, my failures in my career. Um, I, I think one of the a uh, 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 big one is a restaurant that. Um, we opened earlier this year called uh, Juniper Commons, and uh, here in Philadelphia. And, um, and it was one of my favorite restaurants of all time to open. Okay. And it was one of my favorite places to be. Um, we created this restaurant because me and Kevin had a love of cheesy seventies and eighties music. And we, we, 
you know, okay, in retrospect, now it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we had an idea, and, and, and we both have really big hearts. And, um, you know, and we wanted everybody to share, you know, what we believed in and this and this great food and this food that we remembered growing up in and this and this feeling of, you know, this feeling of family and this feeling of community. And, um, you know, we were, you know, just walking, you know, walking on sunshine, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and within, you know, we opened in December within two, three months, we realized it's not working. So what was it that wasn't working? I mean, like, do you, can you pinpoint where you think you went wrong? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things, you know, I mean, Cause um, I have it, to... it, it, space was really big. I have to you say, know, because I, you were leading into, like, why you were doing it, and those whys were really, like, you have me wanting to go. I want to go to college. I mean, I, I wish I, I could, but I can't anymore. But the way you were describing it, you're talking about. Like, every, every show is not a Broadway hit, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I think. You know, it, and, and I know people, like, you know, there, there's lots of people that work really hard on things that just don't work out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember he and I had spoke years ago, and, uh, you know, we, we were talking about um, a particular spot who it just wasn't busy. And, um, and uh, you know, we always said, you know, why is that place still open? It seems, I, you know, it, it, I, if it was us, I think we would just close that, you know. And, and it's so easy to say as an outsider. And, you know, and then a few months into Juniper, we had to have that talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, I can't believe this is happening to us. But... You know, neither of us have big egos, and which is which is a good thing. And you know, we we, we tried our best. You know, we, we we put our heart into it. We didn't half-ass it. Um, you know, we had a we had a great staff. Um, you know, I'm still close with all of them. Um, you know, but you know, the fact of the matter is, some some things just don't work. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I mean, do you think it has something to do with location? I mean, if you could just like put one thing in your opinion where, where that you could have done better something you might have missed that just wasn't right what would it be uh, you, putting you on the spot here man I, I, I agree <laughs> um, execution dude mm-hmm. you know there, 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 there was lots of execution issues um, you so, know all, all around so um, by execution, do you mean delivering the 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 concept that you had in mind, uh, getting what you felt inside out to the people? Is that that's that you know that has a lot to do with it. You know, we could have you know there's when something like that happens, there's so many coulda, shoulda, whatevs. Um, you know it. So, what is your biggest shoulda or coulda or woulda? If you could go back in time, you know, I think the, the space itself mm-hmm. was ginormous. You know, it was it was really big, and you know, so that's a you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, you know, and we went from you know uh, the the fat ham, uh, which is what um, southern inspired food is a thousand square feet all in mm-hmm. you know, it's like this little tiny intimate space 
And, um, you know, it just it feels good all the time because it's it's so tiny. And then you go from there to like a 6,300 square foot yeah. space. You know, it, it's it's sometimes hard to uh, let your vision shine through in in, 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 in that capacity. So um, if you could do it again because the space was so big, would you maybe have started smaller so you could scale? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, do you think that's something that happens often with uh, restaurant groups who are large and successful and they have these great restaurants that are doing awesome? They have that reputation and they want to go open another concept and they hope that that reputation will fill uh, because you are who you are and you are so successful and you're so good at what you do that you can fill the other restaurant without scaling. Do you think that's a mistake lots of people make? No, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a mistake, but, you know, some people now are. All the time. Mm. Actually, not all the time, but, you know, some people are really successful with it. Mm-hmm. You know, others aren't. You know, this is, you know, this this isn't, this isn't, a, this isn't science, man. You know, it's, <laughs> it's trying to do a good thing. You know, it's, 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 it, it makes me think about Gabrielle, Gabrielle Hamilton, um, you know, in, who has prune in, uh, in uh, Manhattan, she won the James Beard Award a couple couple years ago for uh, Best Chef New York, and uh, you know something that she said has like always stuck, uh, like always stuck to me. Um, you know about this business and about you know uh, and just about working hard. Um, you know she was like, you know I'm really proud of this business. You know th- this industry. You know we don't spill oil on the beaches you know we don't steal money from people uh <laughs> just do honest work i love it you know and sure like it, it was a you know we had a terrible failure but we were doing honest work and uh we it was something we really believed in mm-hmm. and uh it just didn't work well one thing i want to point out that i think um you that i need to commend you on just from listening to the past guests um, is knowing when to get out and knowing when to admit failure and to say, all right, we tried, but sometimes people are too stubborn and they stay with it too long and they just get further and further into that hole. And I think one thing we can learn from the story is if it doesn't work, don't keep digging. And it sounds like you didn't dig, like you, you saw that there wasn't any traction. You still had other concepts to bring in revenue and you just rebounded and you moved on and you look to the future. And a year later, you're opening another concept with all these lessons learned. And I can't wait to see how the newest concept, which is uh, com- or uh, Spraga and Company, which is opening this fall. Uh, yeah, you know what? We, we are not going to make the same mistakes again. Yep. I mean, we, we are going to learn new mistakes and then make them. Um, but we're not we're not going to make the same mistakes, I bet you know. And <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for letting me uh, lift up your skirt there a little bit and dig a little bit deeper to get some information. <laughs> uh, it was valuable, uh, so we appreciate that. And we're going to drop some bombs of knowledge now. Are you ready for the speed round? Oh shit! Yep. <laughs> All right. The first question I have for you is: What is your <laughs> advice for getting the initial capital to get started? Put together a really great business plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, an, an honest business plan. Um, don't don't oversell. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't pretend it's going to be something that it's not. Um, be very honest with yourself and be very honest with your investors. So when you're talking about overselling, you're saying like when you have to make those initial projections of what you're going to be making, be humble and 
realistic. Yeah, exactly. And even even pulled back a little. Okay. You know, because, you know, no, it, it, first of all, you, with investors, you want to start off with a, with a very honest communication. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they want to see the biggest numbers possible, as, as you do. But, you know, don't oversell. Mm-hmm. Is there a you place know? you went to learn how to write a good business plan or a resource you can think of to share with us? You know what? No. Uh, I, it's, <laughs> it, it's something where I didn't go to business school. Kevin didn't go to business school. Um, did you have somebody helping you with that process? We did. Um, at this point, we kind of do it ourselves um, just because we've had so many great people that helped us mm-hmm. in the past. Um, you know, and it, we, you know, you don't want to pay a ton of money to have somebody else do something that, you know, if you if you really, you know, put your put your mind to it, that you can get it done. Yeah, and I think it goes back to stay in your lane. Uh, who do yeah. you know that can get in that lane when you're first getting started? That is good at putting together business plans and leverage them. And, and, and again, with the you know, you know, use, use your resources. You mm-hmm. know, it, you know, I'm. I try to help everybody out in the city as as much as I can, and you know, and um, you know, there's there's other people that do my job a lot better than me, and and I'm better at doing some things than other people, and you know, just just you know, take advantage of of what's around you, and take advantage of your relationships. Absolutely. So, what's your advice for hiring good people? Where are you looking? What questions are you asking? I mean, what. What are you surrounding yourself with? Um, uh, again, you know, it comes down to the fact that you're going to be around these people most of your life, and you're going to be around these people more than you're going to be around your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your your spouse. So it's you know it's it's really important to to to, to hire well. And the the thing is, you know, I can sit and have an interview with somebody for an hour, mm-hmm. and and. You know, and like them, but you really don't know what the what the deal is, and you know, till they really get on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but just I, I, I like to just have a very honest conversation with folks. You know, I like to ask them why they're in the biz. You know, what hospitality means to me, uh, to to them. Um, I like to uh, ask them where they've gone to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's that's a really important question. Um, I I ask them like what they like to eat. Then I ask them to explain a meal that they've had in the past two weeks uh, that was memorable. And it doesn't have to be something that they had in a restaurant, but it could be something they made at home. And what are you looking and for? I want to hear how they talk about food. Mm. Did they get excited you know, over it? If they if they have the knowledge or exactly, I just want to I just want to hear them talk about food because I get really excited about food. You know, and if you can't get excited about food, or if you can't even name a something that you've eaten in the past two weeks, then I don't want you working for it. <laughs> but you also you ask know. what uh, about hospitality? What are you looking for in that answer? What's like, what is your, your answer? It, listen, it could, be the, it could be the wrong answer. It could be something that I don't even believe in, but I, I, I want an honest answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I just want them to be true, Yeah. you know, and you know, it doesn't have to, there's no right or wrong. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you talk to me like a human being because I know that's how you're going to end up talking to your guests like a human being, you know. So I, yeah, I want to. I, it's more about, 
it's more about sincerity than it is about answering right. Mm-hmm. You know, answering correctly, in my opinion. Awesome. So when you find these people that are just a right fit and are genuine and sincere, like you said, how do you keep them on your team? What do you do to, to retain your awesome employees? Usually bribery. <laughs> um, you know, you, you just had to treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. You know, front of house, back of house. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without a great team. Yeah, and I love your... I, you know, I, I don't think I'm doing a more important <laughs> job than they're doing. Yeah. And uh, and and they have to know that. You know, they, they have to know that, you know, each person has this... Um, has this job to do. You know, I, I, I um, had hired him. I had promoted a server to a manager yeah. um, a couple years ago. And he had a really hard time with that transition because, you know, he was managing, you know, one or two nights a week and he was on the floor three nights a week. And he had this really hard time of, you know, going from, uh, you know this a server persona to manager persona mm-hmm. and uh you know and I, I had to pull him aside i said listen dude it, you know if i had you as a server three nights a week and you were on dish two nights a week those two nights a week that you were on dish i would want you to be the best fucking dishwasher that we have here mm-hmm. or if i put you on the bar two nights a week, I want you to be a really great bartender because that's your job and that's what I'm asking you to do. Or if you go on saute two nights a week, mm-hmm. I want you to kill it on saute. I said, I'm asking you to be a manager two nights a week. So you have to be a great manager those mm-hmm. two nights a week. We all, you know, there's so many different jobs in, in this building and we all have to do one of those jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that he finally got it. Like he finally got it that you know he wasn't a server just trying to be a manager two nights a week. That he was the manager two nights a week. That he was the boss, and and that's a pain in the ass job. But you know, it, it's 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 a necessity as much as the busser is, and as much as the server is, and as much as the expo guy is. You know, it's just another position in this building. I love how you're talking about this because you're to me it sounds like it's a common goal just to be the best no matter where you are we're all striving to be the best and you started with talking about respect and there's a quote I want to share that from you uh, that kind of talks about this before we move on to the next question but it's it's all about total respect this is what you said uh, the restaurant industry is a tough business and a climate to work in whether you're in the kitchen or the dining room uh, it's a labor of love for everyone and I really respect that. We all have common goals, and it's my job to make sure we meet them together. And I think just like you're saying, those common goals, no matter what you're doing, I mean, reflect on that for me. We have one purpose, dude. You know, it's <laughs> we just have to make the guests happy. I love it. Awesome. And, it, and it, dude, it's easy, man. It's it's easy. <laughs> if you're a natural, I mean, though, that's a thing. You that, said it. You've got to be a natural. Said it's, you know. <laughs> But I love how you put the emphasis on respect because it's so important. And uh, yeah, it really is, you know. And we, we, I, I respect, I respect all, 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 everybody that works for me and and my employer. Um, you know, we 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 all bust our ass, mm-hmm. you know, and we all do a, we we all do a, a great job most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know it's it's to be applauded. 
You know, but hey man, I'll clap for you because you're doing awesome. <laughs> we're good to move on to the next question uh and that's on your favorite resource whether it's a book or a website and you already mentioned ben or or jeff benjamin's book uh so what are some books that you think are just a must read out there i mean i I think every new manager that works for me i give them setting the table although they've all read it by now Mm -hmm. uh that's danny meyer's book um i'm I'm more surprised if somebody has not Mm -hmm. Uh, that book um, but I usually buy it for all my staff staff members as well so um, and uh, it, a really cheesy little book called The One Minute Manager um, it you know it was given to me when my very first manager job which was um, like 20 years ago or something Um you know, and I was looking through, and I was like, you know, this is like a kid book. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like like the the print is in like forty eight size font. You know, it's it, it's like it's, it's a very quick read. Yeah, but, um, it's even a quicker I, listen. I mean, it's on audio, and it's like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. And there's been like I, I, I've noticed that there's been some updates because it wasn't quite as PC as it uh, as it as it should have been. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that, that's that's a great book, and then uh, another book that I recommend. And uh, so I'm I'm a whiskey guy. I'm not really a you know when I go out that's what I drink. I mm-hmm. drink whiskey, but I I have to know about everything else. I have to know about beer and I have to know about wine. And you know it's it's that that's the part of this job that uh, I consider work. Mm-hmm. Again, it's you know I'm not super passionate about wine, and I'm not super passionate about beer, but I have to, I have to, uh, to know it. Mm-hmm. And uh, one book that helped me bridge that gap was um, uh, Joe Bastianich's uh, Vino Italiano. Oh, first and, on the show. Yeah, that's a that's a great book because it's, I mean, it's just about Italian wine. I mean that's all it is. It's about the, it's about all the regions in Italy and the wines that come from each of those regions, but it reads really well and it really gets you into the the culture of each region and he, and their stories and 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 that got me into being able to teach myself about a subject that I wasn't crazy to learn about. I'm right and, there with you, man. <laughs> and so I'm always looking for those type of resources where, you know, because I'm, I'm an avid reader, but I'm not an avid studier. So if you can kind of combine those two and actually have something interesting to read and at the same time retaining this knowledge that you're going to need anyway, um, I think that's a I, I think that's a, it's huge. Awesome. If you guys are looking uh, for a pen and paper right now to write down these books, uh, don't worry about it. This is session 180. I'll have all the links in the show notes for you. All right, moving on to the next question. Thank you for those recommendations. Uh, the next question is, in regards to marketing, I mean, what's one bomb, one marketing bomb you can drop on us? Um, so the power of social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, Without a doubt. I mean, between Twitter and Instagram and, and, uh, and Snapchat and Facebook, um, it, it's 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 so important. And it's so important. Like, is what's the thing that we need to take away? Like, it's it, we all know it's important, but like, what is the secret in your opinion? 
Um, be fun. Um, be interesting. Don't try to get. You're not just trying to sell something. You're trying to sell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not just coming for five dollar wings. It's you know you're gonna scroll past that. You yeah. know, I, have something fun. Have something that you know that that speaks to who you are as a restaurant or speaks to who you are as a group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I, I think that's important, awesome. you know, and you see, and you see some people that out there that do it really well. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, if I can give you a, you know, without shouting out names or anything, but, you know, to the audience, you know, who, who, who do you follow and who brings a little smile to your face when you see uh, a, a post come up and try to emulate them? Um, you know, cause that's, that's what works. Absolutely. Yeah. Great advice. And are there any tools you're leveraging like buffer app or Hootsuite or any multimedia tools to put together, like anything like that, that you can think of? You know what? Uh, I'm going to stay in my lane on this one. <laughs> Uh, we have our PR director is Asia Dev, and she does a fantastic job. And, that's uh, great advice and right there. That, that, that's her lane. PR people are so crucial. I don't think people leverage them enough. I think that's one of the ways I was talking to your PR person. I think Esha, awesome, great girl, really helped me out. But I don't think PR is nearly enough leveraged in this industry. Um, like you say, stay in your lane. There's people that are really good at that who can really get your image across and represent your brand, and that's important. So it's really important. Absolutely. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about technology. I mean, there's so much going on in this industry, so many tools we can leverage to uh, just be more efficient, to be more profitable, to be more pr- productive. Are there any tools that you would like to recommend, whether back of house or front of house? And I'm curious, I'm going to let you go, then I'm going to try to dig a little bit deeper. This is where I wanted to bring back some of the, the questions I had from earlier, but go for it. Interesting. Um, I think the, the thing I'm most uh, the app I'm most excited about right now is uh, Reserve. It's a uh, reservation app um, that right now complements uh, Open Table, but I think it's going to be the first. Uh, I think it's going to be the first reservation uh, table management system that actually um, challenges Open Table. Really? And, uh, but it's as, working with Open Table right now. Um, it's. I mean, they're not. Working together, they're not like hanging out on the street, <laughs> shaking hands, backing each other on the back, and telling them, you know, "What a great job you guys are doing." Uh, but Reserve at this point does not have a table management um, a program, so I mean, they will be launching soon. But right now, it's just a app on your phone where you are requesting tables from restaurants, um, and it's a full concierge service. So, what I like about it is. You know, I'll, I'll get a request in, say, at Sprague at 7.30 on a Saturday night. And these people have already gone to Open Table and saw that we didn't have any availability on Open Table. You know, they go on reserve. They request a table at 7.30. Um, I can start communicating with that guest and saying, um, you know what, I don't have a table at 7.30. How about 8.15? Or I don't have a table at 7.30. Would you like two seats at the bar at 7.30? Would you like chef's counter at eight o'clock? So, and then if I don't have anything, reserve 
um, again, acts as a concierge service, and they'll say, you know, Spraga recommends these three restaurants. Mm-hmm. Can we try to get your reservation at one of these restaurants? Which is, I think, is, is huge, too, because I notice a lot of the time talking to people like you, you guys help each other out so much. The people who are on top really lean on each other, and uh, it's not as cutthroat as you would think it would be. Uh, so that's a cool little that uh, i'm here on the website looking at it so it looks like it's an app for this for the guests on your end are you on a tablet communicating with these people how does that work yeah I, i'm on a um reserve supplies restaurants with uh ipad so i'm doing it all through an ipad and are you hosting any other software on that ipad maybe um if you have like i don't know uh is it integrate with your pos system can you like toggle back and forth or do you have a dedicated ipad just for this this app i have a i have a i mean it's pretty much dedicated uh to that app but i can do anything else i want on that ipad as well cool. you know there's some things that they're launching uh, this you actually may be getting into this because i i think i think we're on the same path yeah um you know i i, I you know I, I want things that help us take care of guests better mm-hmm. i love you it. know and and um, you know the, the the reason people use Open Table is because um, well, a it's the only only thing out there, uh, pretty much. And um, but I know people that don't need, that they could use a pen and paper, but the only reason they use it is for the guest notes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so but it's it's really expensive. So reserve doesn't cost restaurants any money, which mm-hmm. is why I like it. Awesome. Um, but, you know, the, the more information that we have on our guests, the better we will uh, be able to serve them. I love it, man. You know, so right now, you know, it is, you know, I, I come in and I spend an hour a day Googling all the names on, on, on the open table sheets throughout, throughout the restaurants. And to, just to find a, as much as I can about um, the guests coming in as possible. One of the side duties, one of the, and I hope they're listening, one of the few side duties that the servers have at Spraga is to put notes in on the guests after they've left. And it doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a life story, but it, you know, I do want to know if they liked or disliked anything. I do want to know what type of bottles of, you know, what wine they drank. I want to know if they picked up. You know where they're from. Mm-hmm. If they if they dropped any names, like you know, if, if they mentioned their kid's name, you know, any type of information, I, I I I want it all. And that way, the next time they come in, we are going to be set up to better take care of them. Now, are you recording this all on Reserve, or do you have another platform like Swipely, like uh, I, right Vegas? right now? I mean, right now we're putting it all on Open Table. Okay. Um. You know, and that's kind of where I hope, uh, you know, when Reserve launches their table platform, you know, they're going to be integrated with uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And it kind of pulls everything together. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to it's going to save me a a lot of time 
And I'm going to be looking a lot less uh, creepy as I stalk my guests. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, you, we did kind of come full circle. I wanted to talk to you because you were talking about your ability to listen earlier and how that's a factor and how you've recorded names in a, a leather-bound little book just to because it's so important, just those little details to make people feel special. And that was my question. I was curious how you were leveraging technology to to make those relationships even more powerful because there's so much out there. So it sounds like you're leveraging open table now in combination with reserve and Google, just and like researching people. Is there any other tool that you're using to gather that data? Uh, no, I mean, at, at this point, that's, it's, that's all. It sounds like it's working so, for you, man. It, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's work, but that's, you know, that's what it is. I mean, so again, again, we have, we have, we have 90 minutes to make an impression. Yeah. I have to spend a half hour of it before they come in, and I, you know, and a half hour of it after they come in. That next ninety minutes they give us is going to be even yeah. better. And I think one thing we can all take away just from you talking just now of uh, that ability to get your staff involved because it seems like it's a lot to do to, to record all that information. But if you delegate the responsibility and you really leverage these tools, because how many people have Open Table? But how many people are are making their servers every night fill in data so we can just make those relationships so valuable and i think that's the trick is just let like you can have a hammer but you're not going to build a house unless you swing it right so great stuff so the next question i have for you is what is your best advice for somebody starting in the industry take for example you like if you could go back in time ben 1998 um you're young in the industry if you could just give yourself one piece of business advice what would it be I, I guess it comes down to relationship building, mm-hmm. you know, and and don't waste don't waste time with 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 people that in in that you know in your gut aren't aren't worth it for you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people that that don't have that 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 don't share the passion that you have, uh, it's better to let them go. Awesome, that's I mean that's great advice, and that's really hard for people in this industry, I believe, because. We, I mean, and I love everybody. You know? Exactly. Like, my my first thought is to really like you. Yeah. But my heart, my heart has gotten broken <laughs> hundreds of times over the years. You know, and and I and I still set myself up to get it broken again and again on a daily basis. But you know, that's what this business is. You know, and I think so many people, at least successful people in this industry, what makes us successful or makes you successful is that you're socially intelligent and that's why you you can read people um which is a huge part you care you're genuine you're transparent uh but that social intelligence one on the downside is like sometimes you've got to be a bad guy and it's not easy to like you said to let go of people because it hurts because you're empathetic you really care about them um but i mean what's your advice for getting through that like what do you tell yourself when you have to do it in case we're in that same position Listen, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here if I didn't go through that. So, go through it. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't set yourself, you can't, you know, you can't protect yourself from that. You know, and you're gonna, and you're gonna learn from it. Yeah. You know, and and each relationship is different. One one thing I've heard, and this comes from Nick Cirillo, who wrote a Slice of the Pie, uh, awesome book. Uh, he suggests, you know, it's not easy to cut people away or to, to let go of people. But if they're not right and you do like them and you, you know, and you do want to see the best happen for them, you're doing them a favor by letting them go because they're not reaching 
their full potential working for you. And that's not fair to them. And they're on your bus. Exactly right. But you don't have a seat for them. So it's not fair. They don't have a lane to run in. So why would you hold them back? Right. And I, I can't set, and, I, and I can't set them up for success. Exactly. You know, and that's all we want to do. Yeah. And, and I've, you know, I've, I've placed 40, 50 people in, in jobs this past year, not with me in, in other groups in, in the city. And it's just because, you know, I know a lot of people and I, and, and I see, you know, somebody in need and I see somebody who needs something and, um, you know, and I, I guess that is something that I've learned is being able to know who fits where, mm. you know, and, and, you know, if you're the right fit or you're not the right fit. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, and, and, and let me give you another, let me throw another nugget of wisdom out. You know, we're talking about letting people go. You know, I'm, I'm sure I've had to let go a couple hundred people. Wow. And it and it usually comes down to not being the right fit. That that's usually that usually says it all. You know, it's it's not always that. You know, you, you didn't. It's, it's not that you drove your car into the restaurant or something. <laughs> it just wasn't the right fit. Yeah. And uh, I'm close with you know all these people, or at least most of the people that I've had to let go because most of the times I've tried to secure them another job at a place. Where it was the right fit for them. Awesome. Yeah. And that's huge too. I mean, that comes back, that energy comes back around when you really do look out for the best interests. They'll remember you. And like, whenever you can just put that positivity out there, it always serves in the long run. So you've been awesome, Ben. I mean, you've just crushed all these questions. The last question I have for you is what's one question I could have asked you that you think would have added more value to this interview that I did not ask? Oh. Dude, I'm drawing a blank, man. I, 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 that means I did a good job. All right, yes. <laughs> you, did, you did a great job. I, 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 I've enjoyed this uh, interview a lot. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been awesome. And we're going to wrap it up. We, we wrap up every interview by having you call somebody out. Uh, that's how I connected with you. Uh, Scott Steenrod called you out. Awesome guy. It's your turn to call somebody else out. Who do you have for me? I have uh, Ryan Maholland. Ryan Maholland. Look out, I, man. Ryan Mahalan is the general manager of uh, Vernick Food and Drink here in Philadelphia. Vernick Food and Drink being one of the best restaurants uh, in Philadelphia, if not the country. Uh, chef is uh, Greg Vernick. Yes. Uh, just uh, uh, amazing chef and just uh, a fucking beautiful person. Him and his wife run a great restaurant and uh, his wife, Julie. And, um, you know, Ryan is just a, you know, he's just, a, he's a rock star general manager. And uh, I, I, when I grow up, that's, I want to be Ryan Maholland. <laughs> Look out, Ryan Maholland. I am coming after you, man. I cannot wait to get you on the show. Ben, you have been awesome. Let the folks at home know how they can connect with you. If they want to come join your team or if they just want to pick up the conversation, uh, if you have a Twitter handle or maybe Facebook, how can we connect? So many different ways. All those ways. Uh, Twitter is at uh, Ben Fletcher. That's just my name. Uh, Facebook is Ben Fletcher. That's just my name. My uh, email is ben.fletcher at spragadining.com. You know, I'm, I'm always available. I'm always available, um, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a job in this business. Whether or not it is with Spraga Dining, um, I, I, I try to be a resource to 
to whoever needs to whoever needs it. So feel free to uh, feel free to use me. Awesome, great stuff. If you want to check out anything we spoke about in this episode, check out the show notes. This is session 180. I'll have the links to how to connect with Ben, uh, the books you recommended, the tools you recommended, all right there. Uh, ben, man, thank you again so much. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Oh, Mr. Cacciatore, I appreciate the call. <laughs> Cheers. There we go, another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Ben Felicia, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. You were just awesome, and I'm so grateful for people like you. There's just so many huge hearts in this industry, and we're so lucky to have you all on the show sharing your stories and just a lot of lessons to take away in this. I think uh, one great lesson uh, that we can take from this is to not go for broke out of the gates. Uh, I mean... Ben and the Spraga Dining Group had two awesome concepts going, and they decided to open that third concept. And uh, within a few months, like he said, it just didn't get traction like they wanted to, and they had to call it quits, which was smart. But I think the lesson to take away from this is you don't always have to go huge out of the gates, uh, especially if you're just getting started. If you're you're on your first restaurant, uh, Ben and Kevin were lucky to have those other concepts to lean on. But if you are uh, going with your first concept, don't go gangbusters. Don't go for broke out of the gates. Start small and scale. Test your concept. Make sure your target audience, your your people, your community are into it before you invest all that money. Um, So if you can start small, do that. And then a great way to scale is On Deck. And I just can't help but think about our sponsor today because On Deck is a great way to scale. If you're doing $100,000 in revenue, you have a 500-plus personal credit score and if you've been in business for at least one year you can qualify from five to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in small personal business loans and you can get approved within 24 hours of applying and what can you do with that how can you scale with that um it's worth checking out and if you use my links in the show notes uh they give me a little piece of the pie just for referring you uh and i wouldn't refer you if i didn't think that this would be a great platform to scale with and like we've learned from so many of my past guests start small grow over time and uh there's a lot less risk involved and you can do a lot of cool things with this platform on deck so the links will be in the show notes uh along with uh how to connect with ben will be in the show notes the service he recommended reserve will be in the show notes just head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash session 180 you'll find all the links right there uh also head over to restaurant unstoppable slash tools to find a complete list of all the past uh tools and services and uh resources our past guests have recommended on the show to find out what the people who are proven successful are using in their restaurants and also lastly restaurantunstoppable.com slash books for a complete list of all the past books that were recommended by our past guests. And reading is so important. Investing in yourself is so important. You can surround yourself with the greatest minds in the industry just by picking up their books. It's totally worth it. You owe it to yourself. And collecting all this information and putting it in one spot is the best way I can think of so far to serve you with this podcast. So I hope you guys are finding value with it. Let me know if you have any ideas. 
Alright, that's all I have. Please do support the show. Head over to iTunes. Give me that five-star review. You have no idea how much that helps getting recognized, and I thank you in advance. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can head over to the support page on the website and make a small donation today. Every little bit helps, guys, and uh, thank you in advance for your support. Alright, I'm just going to stop talking because I'll go on forever. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Ben, thank you again for being a guest. You were awesome, dude. Until next time, peace out.